What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to episode seven of Sports Ball. In this one, we talk about the NFL draft. Why in the world did Baker Mayfield go number one overall? Uh, as well as some of our uh, picks that we're excited about from the first round. Also, LeBron James goes buck wild in game seven against the Pacers. And Fox Sports is all in on Mexico for the World Cup. Check it out. Hello, Cam. What's up, Andrew? Nothing much. Nothing much. I haven't died in Fortnite today. <laughs> well, that's. Have you played today? Nope. Well, there you go. I mean, that's your recipe for success, right there. I suppose it's actually downloading as we speak. Oh, seriously? Yep. You're going to add me as a friend, right? Of course. Because we could do some serious duos action. Yeah, we're like I just follow you around and you shoot the people. I, you know, you know, we got to start somewhere. So, exactly. or better yet, you can follow me around and watch how I die, and then try not to do it that way. That's true. So, uh, did you uh, did you watch the draft? Uh, to be honest, I watched about ten minutes. I was busy on Thursday, busy on Friday, busy on Saturday, but I kept up from afar. You're just such a popular, you know, socialite. You did too many things on your schedule. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily socializing. Some of it was work, but yeah. And I don't know even if I'd been free when I've watched it. It just it moves a little slow, particularly the first night when they've got like 10 minutes between picks. Oh, yeah, and then you have to listen to all the experts Right, just argue with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm just the thing that amazes me is the consistency of Mel Kuyper's hair over the last 25 years. I mean, he is committed. He picked he picked a hairstyle and he has stuck with it. Yep, yep. And it, it's always the same length. Like it's not like he gets a a pre draft cut that's that's very clear that he's been to the barber in the last two days before he, he heads to the draft. Like it's always the same length. I guess if if you're making that kind of money you can afford to get haircuts on a pretty regular basis. Or crazy thought, it's a wig. It could be. It could be. But here's a thought I just had. Like what if what if Trump had Mel Kuyper's hair? Like same like Trump kept his same color, but it was it was Kuiper style. Like it was more put together than what doesn't what... doesn't one of his sons have that hairstyle? Yeah, I guess, I guess to an extent, it's a little like I don't know, more narrow maybe. Like I feel like <laughs> Mel's kind of like flares out. Yeah, it is. It is very poofy. I I will admit. My all I can ever think about when I think about Mel Kuyper Jr. is the um, Frank Caliendo sketch. It's been several years now, where Frank Caliendo did uh, obviously a Mel Kuyper impression, but he did one about Todd with Todd McShay too. And and for like ten seconds, all Caliendo Caliendo said for Kuyper was like Todd, 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 Todd. That's fantastic. I'll have to find that on YouTube and try and put that in the show notes because that sounds magnificent. Yeah, it is, it is really good. So, anyways. Um, but, yeah, 
the the Browns took Baker Mayfield Jr. the third. Somebody was calling him that. I think it was Dan Patrick this week was calling him Baker Mayfield Jr. the third. I think he's Baker <laughs> Mayfield. So that's why I just said he was Baker Mayfield Jr. because that's what I heard Dan Patrick call him. So we'll see if uh, like. Well, Adam Schefter called him Bacon Mayfield. So I mean, I just don't think anyone really knows what his actual name is. Right. I just want the Browns to win. I don't. I think it's kind of funny that they're always terrible. Yeah, Plus, they're from Cleveland, so... I mean... you're, from, you're from Detroit. Um, yeah, but, like, when like when teams like that win, like imagine if, the, if over the next decade the Browns and the Patriots switched places. No, I cannot imagine that. But, yeah, we'll see what... Uh, what Baker does in um in Cleveland, I was I was shocked that he went number one overall. Yeah, like part of me, this is another topic for another day, but part of me, and I think maybe I've discussed it before. I I don't understand how there can be so so many mediocre and above average quarterbacks in the league, and and only a few that are really good. It just like blows my mind, like how one position can just have so much mediocrity in it, and teams can never figure out how to get the right quarterback in place. Well, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, mediocrity being a relative term compared right. to the you know the top four guys, right? But. I think it just speaks to the nature of what the game has become that one position be- can become so crucial and can have such a disparity of skill level and execution um, that it affects, you know, a team's ability to win or lose so drastically. I think it's just, it's a, it's a, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, it's just, it, you know, the outcome of what the league has become. Mm-hmm. As far as- you know, play style is concerned, but that's going to change too. Like if you look at, you know, what the, the introduction of the run pass option in the NFL with the Eagles and the, and the Rams, like that's changing how offenses play too. So it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Yep. Any other like standout picks that, that shocked you? Um, there's a few that, well, I mean, Baker at one shocked me. It didn't make any sense to me. He's not the best quarterback in the draft. Um, I, I like, at number three, Sam Darnold going to the Jets because uh, he doesn't have to start right away, which I think is going to be really good for him. And if the Jets are smart, they will not let him start right away. They'll let him learn, um, which I think is only going to be good for him. I think Calvin Ridley from uh, Alabama to Atlanta, now paired up with Julio Jones, you know, the former standout, Crimson Tide wide receiver is going to be interesting to see them two mm-hmm. on the team. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, one wide receiver doesn't put you back on the map, but anytime you can get some attention away from Julio Jones is only going to do that team better uh, in the run game and in the pass game. So I like that a lot. Uh, I think Sony Michelle to New England is a really interesting pick. Um. He was obviously paired up with Nick Chubb uh, at Georgia. They were like the the double-headed dragon of their backfield. And um, I think a guy like Michelle 
can excel in a place like New England where the pressure is not on him to get four or five yards to carry, but he can be in there and he can be uh, a playmaker for them. He can, you know, come out of the backfield, come out of the slot. He can be the third down back if he needs to be. Uh, It's just, it's been a while since they've had a first round type running back. You know, you think back to the old days where they had like Deion Lewis, I think was his name. No, hold on. Corey Dillon. Wow. Wow. Way off. Um, but that was like the end of his career, you know. So it'll just be interesting to see what, what an athletic young uh, back can complement who they already have, you know. Absolutely. Lamar Jackson to Baltimore intrigues me just because he's like the polar opposite of Joe Flacco. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, you couldn't have two more contrasting guys sitting in the quarterback room together. So that's pretty interesting. But again, I think just like the Darnold situation, it's good because he does not have to play right away. They can use him in spots if they want to, but he does not have to play for the next three years because Joe Flacco's there. And I know he's Mr. Excitement and Mr. Personality, um, but he's at least, you know, fairly steady when he's actually, you know, being good. But like, it's just – it's a good team for him to go to. It's solid. The coach uh... – Did we lose you? Say that one more time. You you cut out as you were saying that it's a solid team that he's headed to. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, John Harbaugh is the longest tenured coach in the NFL right now, I think. He's been there 10 years. This is his 11th season coming up, I think. With, um, with one team? Yeah, with one team. Yeah, so you, otherwise you'd have Andy Reid in there. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, longest with one team. Longest yeah. with one team. Um so there's there's an established culture. They're a few years out of the Super Bowl. Um, they're not in a terribly tough division. Um, so I just think it's a good situation. If he's going to succeed, that might be one of the teams that he could do it with. But again, it's going to be years, I think, before we see him starting, which I think is good for him. Get him used to, you know, playing NFL defenses, which are going right. to be a lot different than anything he saw in college, especially in the conference he was in. In the ACC. Uh, isn't Louisville in the American? The AAC? No, they upgraded. Mm. Okay, but not his whole career, right? That was in the last season or two? Uh, no, it's been, uh, been a I'd couple years. Whole, his, his whole career. Oh, all right. Never mind. Not to, uh, not to correct you. Well, you did, and that's all. I'm just going to cry myself to sleep later, so don't worry about it. I uh, figured. So, yeah, so the draft was interesting. Um, personally, I was looking at the Lions and what they did. Um, they tried to bolster the offense early and then the defense later on. So, we'll see. They drafted Carrion Johnson in the second round, who was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Last season, he's the running back from Auburn. He had 160-plus yards against Georgia and 125 against Alabama, if that says anything. Um and he's a dual threat. He can run in. He can catch. He's six foot tall, so he's not a little guy like some of our other early picks, like Javid Best, who just was a concussion machine. And 
you know, some of the other guys that we had that got hurt. So we'll see. We'll see. And here in Kansas City, no first-round pick for the Chefs. So uh, Pat Mahomes' mania continues because there's nobody that could uh, gather more hype than, than he is right now. So he, he remains alone at the top of the hype machine. Hmm. Well, until Chad Hetty comes and steals his job. That's right. I forgot that he uh, – have you welcomed your, have you sent him your cookies yet? Uh, no, but I am wearing my Michigan hat right now. So shout-out to Big Chad. There you go. All right. Any other thoughts on the draft? Anything surprise you that you've seen in the news? No. Did a parrot deliver a draft pick? If so, I have not seen video evidence of this. I believe that the Buccaneers had a a pirate uh, announce that draft pick. Oh, no. So include that in the show notes if we if we find it. I believe I saw a pass. Yeah. Arr, with the 103rd pick in the NFL draft. See, for me, the, the pirate accent always drifts dangerously close to a really bad Irish one. That's hard to differentiate. Yeah, those are your roots, though. <laughs> yes, I'm part pirate, part <laughs> Irish. Thank you. That explains my uh, my my bandana and my, my dreaded hair, right? Yep. yep. Anyways, all right, so shall we shift gears to, say, basketball for a moment? Sure. Have you watched any of the NBA playoffs? Yes, more, more than the draft. <laughs> <laughs> which, which series have you been watching? Well, I kind of like the Sixers. Yeah, they got, a fun, they got a fun young team. Yeah, the, I, I like the process of it all. Um, Embiid, Ben Simmons – Got a veteran in JJ Reddick. So that series has been fun to watch. I love that Lance Stevens Lance Stevenson is back pestering LeBron. I'm not a guy that gets all offended or up in arms about LeBron. Like sometimes his whining bothers me, but I, I'm not like a I don't have like a hard stance on him. Um one one way or another. Yeah. Uh what else has there been? Thunder Jazz, that was fine. Um Yeah, the I'm trying to think if, if there's anything else that really caught my eye. Those are like the, the big three, but I don't know if like Philadelphia is intriguing because it, it, like they were good, obviously, in those Allen Iverson years, and then they were so bad for so long. Yes. It kind of reminds me of the Royals and how like I can't imagine, well, particularly because Philadelphia's won an NCAA championship in Villanova and a Super Bowl this year. Like this city just must be crazy, crazy right now for the Sixers. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Crazier things have happened. But had, did you uh, did you happen to see any of Game Seven last night between the uh, Cavs and the Pacers? I didn't. I I did not watch it, but I saw some highlights and I saw the stat lines. And well, when LeBron wants a win, LeBron goes and gets a win. Let me just throw some numbers at you here, real quick. All right. He had in this game. 45 points. Oh, hold on. I lost it. I'm so unprofessional. Oh, He's no. Been, you're you're playing Fortnite now. You can't get your screen back, can you? No, it, I, the page reloaded and it scrolled to a different part of the article. It's very uh, unfortunate. Well, he had 45 points. And he went seven for seven to start the game, which has never happened in a game seven. So he was seven for seven in game seven, which is just 
ridiculous. And he played the first 35 minutes of the game without coming off the bench, which is pretty much unheard of in this day and age. Uh, anyways, I can't find his stats. It's really embarrassing. So I'm just going to pretend like uh, I know what I'm talking about. So who will they play in the next round? They get Toronto, which is going to be interesting because Toronto's the one seed. And they're really good. They're really well balanced. Um, they don't rely on a guy like the Cavs rely on. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, obviously LeBron can can do magical things, but it's hard to beat a team when you're just one person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it makes you wonder, like, why – like, the Pacers had to have seen that coming, so how do they not stop him? Like, is he that good? I just don't know if they had anyone that could match. I mean, he's hard to match up against. He's so big and he's so fast and he's so athletic. And what most people don't admit is he's really smart at basketball. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say he's a physicist, but like when it comes to the NBA game, the dude knows where everybody is on the court. He knows where all nine other guys are all the time. Right. And he knows how teams are going to play him, especially in a seven, like in a series that goes seven. He knows when they're going to double, when they're going to trap, how they're going to play the pick and roll, all that stuff. And so he just reads it like a book, and you know makes the pass when he needs to, or follows the the uh, the pick through the lane for the open layup. Like he's just the dude's good. Yeah, yes he is. How many more years do you think he'll play? He's 33, and my money is that he probably plays at least five more, but I doubt they're all in Cleveland. I bet he leaves them a second time. Can you believe that Vince Carter's still in the league? Last I heard, he was on the Mavericks. Yeah. There was somebody else recently that I – like, are they really still in the league? And I don't think it was Vince Carter. I can't remember who it was, but. Greg Ostertag? No. I want to say it was somebody out west. Yeah. But, yeah, the fact that Vince Carter is still in the league is quite humorous to me. Yeah. But probably a good veteran president. Like, that's like having another assistant coach, I would imagine. Like, tutor young guys and help them out. Yeah, well, I mean, they got Dirk, too, and he's an old man as well, but I don't think he's as old as Vince. That's going to drive me crazy. Who the other, like, I was like, that guy's still playing? Like the Bartolo Colon of the NBA? <laughs> Is he as chubby as Bartolo? I mean, as handsome? No. That's a shame. No. We'll continue to watch the NBA NBA final, or NBA uh, NBA playoffs. I find them to be a little more exciting than the Stanley Cup. The only thing that's good about Stanley Cup playoffs is, is game sevens in overtime. Mm. Well, I mean, agree to disagree, but okay. I was going to ask you this question last night. By the way, what what has happened to the Red Wings? Uh oh. Okay. Fast answer is they made the playoffs 25 years in a row, which is unheard of in any sport. And uh, they were in the last five years of that 25-year run relying 
a very, very, very large amount on older players without necessarily replenishing the roster with younger players that could secede or succeed, whatever, follow those players. So when they all retired, they had no one to replace them with at the same level. Um, Detroit has always been a team that has built itself through the draft and has selectively picked off top free agents to fill in massive holes. And they've just not been able to do either of those consistently the last six years. So you combine that with Mike Babcock leaving for the Red Wings, us getting a first time coach who's a good guy. And I think we'll wind up being a good coach, but just not a great situation. A lot of young players that aren't as good as Henrik Zetterberg or Pavel Datsuk or, you know, any of the other Nicholas Lindstrom, any of those guys. Steve Eiserman. Oh, Stevie Y. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the captain. But then you got a bunch of older guys, too, that just, they're good, but they're not perennial all stars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just, I mean, it's one of those things like it had to happen eventually. You don't make the playoffs for 25 years and then not go through a bit of a dry spell. Like things even out. So they're not terrible, they just aren't great. So it's right. a bit, especially for me, I'm 31. I don't ever remember the Red Wings not being good. Right. Not being in contention for at least the conference, if not, you know, um, the Stanley Cup every, you know, couple of years. So sure. it's, it's, it's a, it's a dry spell, but we'll see. I mean, it helps that the Red or that the uh, Blackhawks suck again. That makes me happy. True. Cause they were really good for a while and it really upset me. So that's what's up with the Red Wings, in my professional opinion. I appreciate the uh, the follow up. Hmm, indeed. So, uh, what's what's this about the World Cup in, in the show notes? I don't understand it. I, it makes it's English, but it doesn't make sense what what it says. So, with the uh, the U.S. out for the upcoming World Cup, the which is embarrassing, correct? Fox has gone to promoting the idea that they will be all in on Mexico. Like Mexico is now like the, the home country for Fox coverage. So all the, like, obviously you probably don't watch many Royals games, but the ads run constantly. Um, like, so, so I believe Mexico, like their team nickname is El tree. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Vox is essentially their tagline is, you know, Fox Sports, you're home for L Tree this summer. So it's just uh, interesting. And they, they've also got another promo about how Mexico's never made it past the fifth match. And is this the year that they'll make it past the fifth match? And Fox is hoping so, so they can get the, the revenue money or the, uh, the uh, yeah, the revenue from the extra games. Yeah. Um, but that's the only reason they're doing it. Because the U.S. isn't in it, and so they're going to try to appeal to the Hispanic, um, you know, population and say, "Okay, we've got you. We're gonna we're gonna go on to Mexico because we don't want to say this, but we don't really have another option. And right. We want to make money off the World Cup, so this is really our only spot. So please watch the games, and let's really hope that Mexico gets you know past Game Five because wouldn't that be really good for our bottom dollar? But I have, also have a, a a radical idea. A radical idea. Okay. I think that, like, starting soon, because it'll take a little while to get the results, that the sites like 23andMe and Ancestry.com should offer, like, a World Cup discount. Since the U.S. isn't in, send your saliva in, and we'll tell you who to root for. Interesting. 
and be like, ah, yes, I'm Swiss, I'm Swiss, go Switzerland. <laughs> like, we just have... they... Nope, sorry, you're 100% American. You don't have a team to root for. Massive amounts of bandwagonism, which is, which is mm-hmm. like American sportsdom at its finest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. I don't know, you know... I just enjoy the World Cup. Now, would it be nice if there were four U.S. games to watch? Yeah. Or at least three, maybe four. Um, but it's still it's still awesome to watch. And I don't know what the, the time zone situation will be. I assume they'll be on, like, early morning since it's in Russia. I assume. Well, it, and the problem with that, too, is Russia is just so stinking big. There's probably, what, four or five time zones? It could be, yeah. So, I mean, if if it's in Eastern Russia, it might only be seven or eight hours ahead of us, which means it would be, you know, lunchtime probably if it's a night game. But if it's all the way over near, like, Korea and China, it could be the, you know, it could be a night game for us, for all we know. If it's a day game over there or, you know, like a 12, I don't know, 12-hour? I don't know how that works. Essentially, you get to the the date line at some point, but... Yeah, so based on my watching tennis, like Asia, when they play in Asia, it's almost a, a straight up twelve hour difference. Like that's how it was with the Olympics this year. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes so, sense. So I don't have I don't have my world map right in front of me, but yeah, there will be some Western. You know, depending on how far west in Russia they play, there will be some instances where you know those. Those matches might be on real early morning, like three or four in the morning. But I would imagine most of them will be like six a.m., seven a.m., somewhere in there. Yeah, and I would think too, like as the as the tournament progresses, they're going to get closer to you know Moscow and Saint Petersburg and Sochi, mm-hmm. which are all in Western Russia. Right. Yeah. I, when the Olympics were in Sochi, I don't remember a huge. I think it's like eight hours, maybe. Yeah. Maybe nine at the most. So, I mean, if they're playing a night game, you're looking at anywhere from like, you know, noon to three o'clock start time for us, which I'm, it's the summertime. I'm okay with that. Yep. Yeah. I love daytime sporting events, like major daytime sporting events with Champions Clubs and stuff like that when it comes on at like two in the afternoon. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I won't be rooting for Mexico in the World Cup. Not because, you know, whatever. I just, I'm I'm interested in viewing the World Cup for the first time in my memory without, you know, uh, a horse in the race. Mm-hmm. Just just watching to watch good soccer and enjoying the outcomes regardless of who wins. Like that right. just be that's going to be a unique experience. So we should and find also, um, we should find like some country's bar and go watch them here. Like. Go find an Argentinian bar and just go watch it with them. We'd stand out. Like I think it's thumbs. super adorable that you think there's an Argentinian bar in Kansas City. I bet there is. I'm gonna I find bet it. I bet there's not. The um, in 2010, I uh, briefly lived in in New York for the summer, and the World Cup was going on. And like, there's no better place in my oh. opinion to probably be because yeah. you would walk down and be like, "Oh, there is the Argentinian bar," and then you need to go like another block and. There'd be the Portugal or Portuguese out at their bar, and then you'd walk, you know, another four blocks, and 
mm-hmm. here was um you know the Irish whatever so yeah yeah that that makes more sense in New York I guarantee you there's not an Argentinian bar now there might be a bar in Kansas City that decides they want to be the place to watch Argentinian soccer but that does not mean that they are an Argentinian bar <laughs> so we had only Argentinian beer Yes, and only Argentinian cuisine. Whatever that is, I don't really know. I'm not that cultured. I'm uh, not either. But I would be up for for finding unique places to go watch games. That would be a ton of fun. I do wonder, like, you know, Kansas City is such a good soccer town. Will the will the will the the energy be there this this summer this time around with it? Without the U.S. in it, it'll. I'll be curious to see how how we react as a city because we're, for a mid-sized city, uh, our excitement level is typically right up there with with a Chicago or a New York or or anywhere else. Yeah, I think this year will be the most annoying MLS break though because the U.S. isn't in it. All of our players will just be sitting on their you know their bums, right? But you know that's what happens when your league plays in the summertime when the rest of the world doesn't. Silly. Silly, silly, silly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll see. I think if we do go to if we do go to, do go to a bar or a pub or a restaurant to watch with a specific nation's team, we should definitely take some video and we can maybe even record some audio for, for the podcast while we're there. That'd be kind of fun. I agree. I agree. Um, do we have an NASCAR nugget this week? Uh, Talladega was today, and um, oh, that's right. Was Ricky Bobby in the race? No, no shake and bake. Um, Joey Logano is your winner. We are now two weeks out from the Kansas race. It's yet to have a sponsor. Maybe we could, maybe it could be the Sports Ball 400. Uh, do you have millions of dollars to throw at that? I mean, it'd be awesome to have our name on there, but, uh, I mean, the race is two weeks out at this point. It's, it's, uh, it would be like, they're, they're getting on Craigslist and going, we need a sponsor OBO. <laughs> All right. Well then I'm down. I, I'll throw a hundred bucks in. I mean, I'll just email the track tomorrow and be like, Hey, we have a, you know, this kind of startup podcast. We've done like, I don't know, six or seven episodes. Um, you know, could we maybe just discuss the possibilities of it being the sports ball 400 and what kind of, you know, $10 financial commitment that would require. And, and if they're stingy about that, then perhaps we can get, and I'm dead serious about this access to interview drivers for the show. I would go to a NASCAR event if we got to interview drivers for the show. Yeah, they do have, um, a pretty lax, uh, credential policy so perhaps i i will do some research we well, might be as, as as the only one of us that's ever had sports credentials i will put that firmly on your shoulders uh, uh we might be up against a deadline but um i, I will see what the, um, the possibilities are and i'll make sure we note that we've had a nascar nugget in every show yes yeah um there's something but else leave out leave out the part where i make fun of nascar and say that f1's better just leave that part completely out Okay. All right. All right. I will. Um, there's something I was going to say about Tadega. I don't know. I forgot. Oh, escape me. I know it what is. it is. Yes. If you, ain't first, if you ain't first, you're last. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Ricky Bobby, not, not in it today, unfortunately. Such a shame. Is that all you know about Talladega? 
Uh, well, Cal Naughton Jr., who's El Diablo. It's like Spanish for angry chicken or something. <laughs> yeah, that's literally all I know about Talladega. <laughs> and again, leave this part out when when you, you know, work your magic with the the soon-to-be Sports Ball 500, you know. It, only 400. I'm okay with that. I, I'm my, you know, my value is not in the number of miles on my NASCAR race. The fact that we can call it the Sports Ball 500 or 400, dang it! <laughs> oh, I know what it was going to be. Um, so I think as part of the sponsorship deal, um, one of us would need to say the pre-race prayer. I'd leave that up to you. And, okay. And, and yeah. then one of us would have to start the engines. And so maybe I'd take that. If, yeah, if, yeah. If, I think that's fair. I think it's only fair that the true NASCAR fan gets to say search our engines and the the one of us that has uh, degrees and experience with the Bible ministry gets to lead the prayer. I think that's, you know, that, that shakes out well for both of us. You just have to top the guy who a couple of years ago thanked God for his smoking hot wife. <laughs> well, I have a smoking hot wife, so I could easily do that. Right. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, as you as you prepare your your blessing, super. Oh my gosh, that's just the worst. Well, on uh, on that just truly terribly theological point, we shall. Uh, wow, we went religious on a sports podcast. That's what, happens, that's what happens when you discuss the the sport of the Bible Belt. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Oh boy. All right, I really want to go to the NASCAR event now and interview drivers. That would be so much fun. I'll uh, I'll do some research and get back to you. All right, if we go, I'm going in character. I haven't decided what, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go in character. That's well, just more fun. We'll, All right, we'll see what we can do. Sweet. Well, uh, until next time, I guess watch more sports. Royals on a two game winning streak. Uh, tomorrow they'll make it three. Like Lou Brown said, let's get some hustle in here. Let's jack it up a little bit. Mm, I like it. See ya. See ya. See ya.